let's lower that music down. Okay, all the way down. All the way down. There it is. Okay, what's up, folks? This is Francisco here, joined by my good buddies Andrew and Charles for Sports Goofs number 139. How are you guys doing? How's it going? How's it hanging? Guys? I'm good. I, I was waiting for Andrew because usually he's like second introduction. But I think I committed the old sin right before we um, started the show, as I told you guys. I was waiting out to get live reactions just because it's a good kind of segue to my goofiness that comes into it. But is Andrew there? It's a bigger question. Yeah, that's, that's I am here. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, he, he was just he was just he was just silent. So I think the ultimate sin that I created is. When I went to go get Kirby for free at Best Buy, because mm-hmm. that's how I do things, um, they couldn't. It was like fifty nine ninety nine, and they're like, "Well, you have sixty, and we can't have a residue on a gift certificate, so we need you to get something." So I got a pack of Kit Kats because Best Buy, they they they're, they have good tactics. They're like, "Oh, hey, candy upsell, bars baby. right there." So I'm not gonna say no to a dollar forty eight four pack of Kit Kat bar when I'm knowing I'm gonna get the game free. So I got a game and a Kit Kat bar for $1.48. It was fantastic. <laughs> but as I'm eating the show, or I'm on the show, I opened up my um, my Kit Kat bag. And what happened was, it's the four-pack, it's a normal size. Mm-hmm. The ultimate sin, I think, that happened is the Kit Kat bars broke before I even fully unwrapped it. So I don't know if that's like seven years bad luck, the equivalent of breaking a mirror or walking under a ladder. I mean, I get bad luck as this. I'm a Trujillo. We get Trujillo luck. So what that mm-hmm. means is it's, Bad luck covered in good. It's like honey with poison. So that means some good. I'll probably win the lotto, but then I'll get robbed at the gas station. So it's like I had the winning ticket, but I got robbed. And then I also got shot in the foot kind of mentality. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if that's the ultimate sin. It wasn't intentional, but I feel like my body betrayed me. So do you guys think that's the ultimate sin in candy snacking? The, the Kit Kat bars broke apart right before fully opening. I feel like it's bad luck and I should just like go to church or something. I don't know. What do you think, Andrew? Uh, sorry, I was concentrating on something else. I'm setting my lineup. He was thinking about his Kit Kat bars. He understands, just like me. You're setting your fantasy lineup or something? (laughs) No, for for uh for my video game baseball. Oh, okay. All right. So Andrew's gaming. He's gaming on the side. Here we go. For for only a few minutes until the the lightning game starts at seven thirty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Multiverse Andrew is real. Yeah, a lot of stuff. Yeah, stuff is happening tonight, folks. It's uh, it's 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 been a while since I've gamed and done the show, so my my multitasking skills are a little bit weak. Hmm. Well, we've got a bunch of stuff. I mean, a bunch of stuff to talk about. NBA playoffs. That's going. That's happening. Boom. That's the. We're, we'll see what happens tonight. Okay. Both. Both. Uh, uh, solar slash uh, temperature based teams are playing tonight at home. The the Suns and the Heat. Frauds. <laughs> Which one? Both. Which one are frauds? Yeah. Oh, listen, listen. I got the Suns rant coming, so it's all right. I also have a Justin Verlander rant because my paralegal tried me and I shut that shit down. Mm. And uh, Stanley Cup playoffs. We've got a bunch as well. Two two series. For almost all of them are two two at this point. Almost all of them are two two. The only team that that has moved on are the 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 Colorado Avalanche. They swept the Nashville Predators, so they're the only team that that gets to relax and and enjoy themselves uh, moving forward. But 
uh, every, every other series is pretty much 2-2 except for the Penguins and Rangers series, which uh, looked like it was going to go deeper, but maybe the Penguins are, are, are going to clamp this down and, and beat the, the the blue shirts there. And then uh, we'll uh, also we have baseball. Um, I, I do want to talk about uh, some of the, the, the juggernauts and the tanking teams this year. Uh, so we've got that. And then, heck, we might even talk about the Formula One race. Because I watched the entire broadcast for the most part, guys. Holy shit. Yeah. I mean, heck, it was it was happening. It was happening at uh, here in Miami. Uh, at the old, uh, the old baseball stadium. Because uh, nothing good happens for the sport of football there. And, yeah, yeah. Well, um, where do we st- – let's talk about Formula One, guys. Let's start with that because we, we don't really talk about it that much. Andrew, you've become a fan. That was your non-sponsor last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, our, the OG Doug, he he's a massive fan of F one. He watched that surely. I asked him. I asked. I tweeted. Uh, I texted him on uh, on Sunday uh, for the, the the big old race there, and and uh, he. I asked him. You're not there, right? He's like, no. He wasn't gonna pay a thousand bucks for the ticket. <laughs> so fuck that. Fuck no. I, I just thought you know, it, like a once in a lifetime type of thing. He would do it. Uh, well. You say once in a lifetime, but they're actually coming back for at least two more years. So I thought it was like a ten-year thing. I thought they were doing like a nine, like they like a nine-year thing. Ten, two years, ten years. I don't know. It's coming back. It's coming back. So okay, I'll I'll just save my money for next time. Okay. So uh, besides, it actually ended up being good because the racing this year sucked. So. Mm. That's what I read on Twitter because obviously I don't know what's a good race and what's not unless it's yeah. Mario Kart based. Damn right. <laughs> but uh, Andrew, I mean, did you watch all of it or at least most of it? Like followed it completely watched, throughout this weekend. I watched from red lights out to checker flag. Really? Okay. Hmm. Um. So uh, the the race happened, and uh, but what were the other days about? Like were they doing things on the other other days before like the main like I I don't understand F one how does how do we get to like the do they have to qualify to get so in is this going to be our learner, learner group yes because I don't know I have no Please idea educate us on Italian okay. hillbillies all I know is that the British guy mistook a college basketball player for Patrick Mahomes and, and Martin that, Brundle yeah that kind of that kind of went viral and he was over he was like walking around like i watched that portion of the broadcast specifically that he was walking around looking for celebrities that he could recognize and the entire time he's walking around the whole thing and he's he's literally walking behind Dwayne wade and gabrielle union the entire time he's like i'm like looking for celebrities to talk to when you know you have one of the biggest celebrities in miami sports history right in front of you but uh, I don't know. Maybe he should have had like a handler or something, like an American handler that could tell him. I mean, hey. he he does this at every race, so it's... <laughs> that's part of that's part for the course. Well, not that he misses celebrities, but he walks down the track. Yeah. Okay. I, I it just felt really it felt really weird because they they I, and the broadcast wasn't because it was uh, playing on ABC. 
but it wasn't ABC's like they, they don't have any broadcast. ESPN doesn't have broadcasters specifically for F1, so they just correct. Uh, they they use the broadcast from Sky Sports. Yeah, out in uh, the UK, England. Mm-hmm. So I, I just I guess I didn't get how they do things there, and I get they don't have things uh, latent and laced with advertisement uh, compared to an Ameri- a real American broadcast, uh, but. Uh, the guy was just walking around for like a good twenty minutes. They were they were just having yeah, a single camera, single camera. Yeah, that's what he does. Yeah, what he does. Well, I just found it very strange and very funny uh, to see. It's, it's what he does. It's what he does. I mean, um, there was an incident last year at the race in Austin. Um, What's his name? Where Marty Martin, Martin Brundle. Martin Brundle. Like bundle, but with an R in front of it. So Brundle. Okay. So there was an incident last year where he tried to talk to Cardi B, I think. And her entourage was giving him like a hard time. You can't talk to her. And he's like, yeah, I can. Um, so there was backlash against the entourage for accosting him because that's his, that's his job. That's what he does. Every, every race for the past, God knows how long that's, that's his thing. Anyone who knows anything, anyone who knows anything about formula one knows that that's his thing. That's what he does. So anyway, yeah, so that's Martin Brundle. Um, so to explain the for the format, so mm-hmm. Friday, uh, it's it's always a three day event. Generally, it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Occasionally, it'll be different days, but generally speaking, it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Friday consists of free practice one and free practice two. It's just kind of a track, an opportunity to get acclimated to the track. There's okay, no timing. So feeling it out. Right. So really, it's just gathering data. You can you can run the track as many times as you want. Um, helps you get a feel. And it's especially important for a new track like this where they've never driven it before. Um, but it ultimately is very important for any track. Um no matter how many times they've been there. So they have, I don't know how long the sessions are, but it's X amount of time. Um, so then they take a break, then they do it again, and that's the end of the day. So that's Friday. Saturday, they have one final free practice session, and then they have their qualifying. How that works is it goes in three stages, essentially. And I don't know the timing. I feel like it's like 12 minutes per. I I don't remember. But I'm just going to go under the assumption that it's 12 minutes. Just just work with me. So for the first one, all 20 drivers get to set their fastest lap. Um, They have to... 
they have to start a lap within that 12 minutes. So what that means is, in theory, and it happens quite often, time will have expired. But as long as you're going in a, uh, as long as you're going on a lap, you can finish the lap. It's not like it stops time. So it's kind of like a, you know, like a, a shot at the buzzer mm, okay. in basketball. Yeah, yeah. So it's like it's still in the uh, air. Yeah. Right. So, but in this case, the air is the air is cross the finish line as time expires. So you can finish a lap. Um, usually teams will go two to three times. Um, at the end of the time period, the five worst drivers based on the best time that they run. It's not average or anything. It's just the best run they have. The worst five get eliminated. So they are set where they were. So like, let's say the 12th fastest guy during the race, he'll start in 12th or not 12th. Let's say the 17th fastest guy, he'll start in 17th during the race. So that's one. Two, you have another 12 minutes, but this time it's the top 15 drivers only. And again, you know, watch, rinse, repeat. Mm -hmm. Get X amount of minutes, finish your laps, blah, 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 blah. The, then the next five lowest get eliminated. So now it's only the top 10 going to the final round. And in that case, same thing. So really, it's just you're lopping off five at a time until you get to that top 10, at which point then they set their their fastest laps, and then that sets the top 10. Does that make sense? Yeah, so it's just them whittling down from so, <clears throat> uh, all the way down to, to the I guess, the final day, right? It's, it's kind of like a like PGA Tour event, let's say, right? Almost yeah. in the same aspect, like and then you know well, Sunday except... is the final day, where uh, you know, the final round of golf, and it's all just the, like the final guys there. That's kind of more or the, less, yeah, yeah. That's kind of how I'm thinking of it. Um, how they they start on a Friday, and then by Sunday they have the 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 last few people that uh, that are going out there. Um, exactly. I, okay. All right, so that's how it works. So on Sunday was the real race, actual race, right? Okay, that's um, all. That's all they do on Sunday is the race. So Although, what they did this week mm -hmm. in in most races, they'll have one of the lower, at least one of the lower divisions, do a race. Um, typically, it's formula with there's a formula of three race on Saturday. And then there's a formula. There's a formula with two race on Sunday prior to the main race. But that that didn't happen here in Miami. Mm. Instead, they had W Series race ahead of the main Formula One race. W Series is an all woman uh, racing series. Uh. All the cars are identical. Um, so it's not like Formula One where the teams can make aerodynamic changes or anything. Mm -hmm. No, all the cars are identical, uh, but it's all women drivers. That's 
and is Formula One different? And this, let me just ask you this because, like, we've seen uh, like in IndyCar racing and, and in, in NASCAR, even like women drivers uh, have them been women drivers of Formula One. I would assume there have been. Yes, okay. uh, there's there's no because I saw Danica Patrick. Danica Patrick was one, right? Was she one? She was Indy. Okay, okay. She she because she did some like some of the promos during the uh sunday well she's, a, she's an american racer so yeah. okay yeah. all right all right um and she was in all american. star she was in sonic and all-star racing transformed by the way so well she she marketed herself better than she raced let's say that much that's for sure yeah she, she can't beat sonic the hedgehog <laughs> um even in a car and sonic was in so, a car too so you know i'm just saying right uh, so what was the question you were asking again? Uh, so I, I asked about, okay, the women. So there have been women in F1 uh, in yes. the past. So it's not like a hardline rule, like no women allowed, that type of thing. It was just right. like they have their own circuit specifically. or They're, they're, try, they're trying to increase parity. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. they're, they're trying. They, they realize that it's, it's a real sausage fest. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they're they're trying to, you know, they're doing more to try and get outreach into uh, other demographics. Let's just say, correct, like uh, people of color. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a been a big thing for Lewis Hamilton, who is the only non-white person on the grid. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not talking like you know. Daniel Ricardo is part Italian, or no, 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 I don't, I don't care about that. But or, not of well, African, of any sort of African. Connection. Well, actually, that's not true because there is a Mexican driver. There are a couple yeah. of Spanish drivers. But when you mean you mean of of African descent in some sort of way, right? We're not talking like, about because all of them are European, right? So they're all white right. in some sort of way. <laughs> different, different right. varieties of white. It's yeah. the only like. I actually take that back. There is a <laughs> That's how I think of there. Europeans in the form of cheese. I actually, I actually take that back. There is a driver who's part Thai. Okay. Uh, and he races under the Thai flag. Um, he's, he's British by birth. Um, his father is British. His mother is Thai. Um, and he races under the Thai flag, is so-called. Um, but generally speaking, it's a bunch of rich white guys from Europe. Well, I mean, that's kind well, of I mean, the... There's, there's okay. got to be some talent involved, though, right? Of course. There is, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's I don't just... know how talented you could be to drive a car, and I'm not trying to you know, minimize the people who like the sport, but... It's Italian NASCAR, Charles. So it's just like okay, but it's a more it, really. But it's sof- like these are sophisticated. I mean, you saw the you. I mean, that was kind no, of Jello the... beer versus Coors Light, baby. That's the, that's <laughs> that, the that only was the kind of uh, the the kind of stark contrast that you can see. Like you saw the celebrities that came out for this. I get it. It's Miami, and there's only two American events, and nobody's gonna go to Austin, Texas. Uh, that's no, that's nobody a from thing. Miami is gonna go to a NASCAR thing, though, right? Would think I would. They have the Homestead Miami Speedway, so there's plenty of people that go down to that. Um, but it's it's the vibe itself isn't very my like uh, my, like this felt very Miami. 
You don't play Fepas in the background. Yeah, exactly. You play Hank Williams like, Jr. You saw the you saw the different kinds of celebrities that were out there. Michael Jordan was out there. I saw um, Jeremy Tache's thing that had um, yeah. What's his name? I don't want to say Brian Cranston and um, it's a shame because I'm rewatch or I'm continuing Better Call Saul, but it's Brian Cranston and um, Aaron whatever his name is. The guy plays Jesse. Oh, uh, forgot. Yeah, yeah, he yeah was, right. Yeah, yeah uh-huh. Aaron Paul. Aaron Paul. There we go. Yeah. He was in the Need for Speed movie. <laughs> um, yeah, the, uh, this uh, Michael Jordan was there. Uh, who else was there? There was a photo of him. Uh, of course, uh, Dwayne Wade was there. Uh, Gabrielle Union, a bunch of Miami Dolphins were there. Uh, Bex. Bex was there. Yeah. Uh, Bad Bunny was there, of course. Uh, uh, Pharrell was there. I think uh, Venus, at least Venus Williams was there. Venus and Serena. Both, okay. Both of them were there. Uh, so that makes sense. Um, and yeah, just a ton of, ton of, of American celebrities. That I mean, it was basically the events of events. People were comparing it like, oh, it's it's like, it was like the, the F1 version. Of, it was like the F1 and the Super Bowl mixed into one for some, like for a lot of people. Uh, and it, honestly, I, I have to say, it, it piqued my interest in this. Like, I, I texted Doug afterwards, like, you know, I might, might want to download uh, one of my various racing games that I have in the backlog, and and then pretend that I'm a racer or something. I think I might have one of the Formula One games. I'm not sure in the backlog, but it kind of you gotta scratch. You know, every time I get that racing kick at least once a year, where I just want to play a bunch of racing games, and it might. Might get there, but I got to get through Batman first, and then we got Death yeah. Stranding. There we do. And we got Death Stranding because we got to. But the racing game's gonna yeah. be fine for Death Stranding month. That's true. That as a as a cooldown, as a cooldown. But I it did pique my interest, Andrew. I, I was uh, I was engaged throughout the race. I couldn't tell if it was a bad race or not. There was that uh, one moment where that guy kind of snuck into him and popped the tires off of that one dude. I think his name was like Lando <laughs> Norris or something like that. I have no idea. Or maybe I got those names mixed up. Yeah, it was um, <coughs> Lando I Norris. I did remember something. <laughs> yeah, I'm happy. Lando Norris. Depending, I, I'm not cite, I'm not citing fault here when I make this statement. I'm not mm. saying who's to, who's at blame because I don't know who. But Lando Norris ran into Pierre Gasly. Um, which caused Norris's tire to fall off, so he was done for the day, and that brought out the safety car. Yeah, which yeah. was honestly the most exciting thing to happen in the race. After like the first couple, it was the most exciting thing to happen after. Max Verstappen passed Charles Leclerc uh, earlier in the race. After that, the race was pretty boring. Okay. Uh, and why do you say the, it was boring? There was no overtake. There was no people passing each other, which uh-huh. in F one parlance is called overtaking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, there was no passing really, even further down the grid. Um, that that's kind of what makes for an exciting race is whether there's a lot of room open to 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 pass or whatever. Mm. Um, like for instance, 
uh, there's race in Monaco where pretty much where you qualify is where you're going to finish in the race. And it's like boring as hell. Cause it's like, all right, you know, I can turn off the, I can turn it off and turn it back on. There'll be no changes here. Um, that's why people like safety cars because it kind of throws us kind of changes things up a little bit. Um, so yeah, it's, it didn't, the, everyone was saying, Oh, it's going to have lots of passing, a lot of overtaking opportunities, but no, nah, it really didn't. So, you know, try again next time, maybe alter the track a little bit. Um, right, so let me get the other let me get your opinion before we move on. Okay. The, the track itself. Uh, what did you think of the track, of the layout, and and whatever? I mean, it was fine in 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 theory. Um, are you talking like the design or how it looked? Or I mean, the, the, let's talk about the design itself. How you know the twists and the turns and and as and does it make it a good because like in any like in mario kart we can tell like which tracks are the good tracks right i mean waluigi stadium is 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 a legend in in my household (laughs) i mean i'm not nearly qualified and knowledgeable about formula one to be able to say what is a good a good track or not based solely on its appearance um but I'll just say that the, in theory, it should have been okay because you had these two really long straights. Um, and then to add, there's something in Formula One now that they introduced a few years ago called DRS. Um, and basically what it is, is it opens a flap on the rear wing or the spoiler, I guess you'd call it, of the car. And what it does is that for a short period of time, it allows it reduces the car's drag and allows it to go faster. Um, but you're only allowed to use it if you're within one second of the car ahead of you. So my best friend has other friends, and I don't appreciate this. It's a really okay. Um. Anyway, so it, in theory, having DRS is supposed to make passing easier, but it didn't. It, it just it didn't have any effect whatsoever in the race. And where those DRS really works is on those long straights because it gives you the chance to, you know, pick up enough speed and then pass. But it didn't happen. So... It it was okay. This kind of just like there was nothing exciting about it. I'm still like, confused about why it was bad. With the expectation as if everybody just kind of went through a straight line, and it, you know NASCAR, I know excited because either someone wins last minute or there's crashes. And for me, who is a complete you know uneducated, uncultured swine in this, I'm, I'm just trying to get an understanding. Well, the the difference of I mean, aside from the fact of the whole, you're just going in an oval thing. And, and I'm playing on the 
if you look in uh, on the screen, I'm playing a video of uh, uh, Leclerc uh, going through the track, so we can kind of see how it, how it is from his perspective of of uh, of the entire track going uh, kind of a, a little bit close to the stadium itself. I mean, you guys are gonna hate me. That just looks like go karting. <laughs> I'm trying not to crap on it. I'm trying, guys. It lo- looks like what? Go karting. Well, I mean, par- I think part of the problem is, uh, I mean, this is not in Miami proper, right? This is not like correct happening in within. It's it's an artificial course around a football stadium inside of a giant parking lot. So and that like- was something that that's something a lot of people were annoyed about. Mm-hmm. Uh, Typically, street courses like this are designed around city streets. Mm -hmm. So like Monaco or things like that. There's a difference in how they're laid out, things like that. Street courses tend to be more flat, not a lot of elevation changes, uh, makes for pretty boring races. Um but then these purpose-made tracks like in Austin or in Austria, it's intentionally built. So they use elevation, either artificial or real. Interesting. Like like Austin is flat as a rock, but they make art they've artificially made elevation changes. So should they have um, not done it in Miami? They didn't. It was they designed it as a street course, even though they could have done whatever they wanted with it in theory, but because it's going to go back to being a parking lot right now, they couldn't make all those massive changes that they wanted mm-hmm. or that they could have. And you're seeing a lot more of that now is these purpose-built street courses, and they just make everything so Artificial. boring. Less uh, organic. Um, because I'm just through the Twitter feed and the scrolling, and I'm hitting people's reactions to videos. I'm just like, all right. I, I guess they're in agreement with you. And the the thing is with the with the elevation changes. Uh, and On this video it's, itself, the, you see all the, the 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 criticisms. What happened to actual race tracks? Elevation changes and gravel traps? Question mark. These street circuits are appalling. Uh, I want an immaculate ribbon of tarmac snaking through a mature parkland carved into the side uh, of some ancient rolling hills. Please, these streets, these, quote, street circuits, unquote, of which there are many now, are crap. Um, It's true. I mean, even the quintessential street course, which is Monaco. mm -hmm. I know I keep saying Monaco, 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 Monaco. But it's the one that most people think of when they think of F1. Exactly. That's part of the so-called uh, triple crown of, and I didn't know this. I had to look this up. Um, the triple crown of racing is winning Monaco, twenty-four hours at Le Mans, and uh, Indy five hundred. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Even Monaco has elevation changes. It goes up. It goes down. It goes curvy. Goes sideways. And you're you're well. Even if even if they did this in Miami, aside from the bridges themselves, you're not going to get much uh, up and down. I mean the the only elevation change. And I, I I'm I'm Although, serious. Going the across the bridges would have been pretty cool from like Miami Beach to to Miami proper downtown. 
I think I think as, Asphalt Seven, uh, the free to play game, or it's you can no longer find nice it. Nice plug, nice, nice plug. Well, you can no longer find it. You can't download it anymore. I tried to, but they do I have a Miami course. Phone, they do have a Miami course that was kind of like that, and it it, it kind of gave an idea of what could have been in an F one Miami thing. Sorry, Andrew. The the Miami race was supposed fun, to go across the bridge, wrap around the Adrian Arch Center, go past the AAA. Yes, I'm still calling it the AAA. I don't care. It's called the FTX whatever, WXYZ Center. I have some goons that are related to that, but go ahead. Um, But anyway, it was supposed to be a true street circuit. So it was going to go kind of loop around there it was i forget which bridge which causeway it was going to go down but it was just basically going to be just a straight shot kind of turn around while on the bridge and then come back um so what you were seeing was what was originally going to be the track but then everyone down there got pissed and said no we're not going to have a race here so then Stephen Ross stepped up and said, hey, we'll do it here. Um, Stephen Ross doing everything he can except uh, putting a winning football team out there. Precisely. <laughs> um, so anyway, um, the only elevation change I was when it goes under the turnpike overpass. That's it. It's the yeah. only elevation change. Yeah, that and- was that was yeah the only kind of unique thing was that, and it really just goes onto a back road that's uh, behind or on the north end of the stadium. Right, um, it runs parallel to a canal. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I mean, it's just more. And the other thing though is they built the track like crap. Um, at least with these street circuits quote unquote they're built with some sense of permanence so they actually do a good job at making the track the asphalt Mm -hmm. miami one they just kind of threw it together to the point that the start of the track was starting to erode so they had to fill it like with little like you see those little black patches where they fill in potholes yeah yeah we're seeing those around the track it's like the hell and like all the drivers were like, I've never driven on anything like this before. They were saying it was so piss poor. They so were, it's like they were talking afterwards about the race, about how their how how their how it fell under their wheels, how it handled, and uh, and I, I, I noticed that too that they were speaking about it. So it's just yeah, they you know try again next time. Oh, you know they gotta maybe right. go. Maybe they'll get some good data from from this, and maybe they'll improve it for next year. I doubt it, um, but we'll see. Uh, but yeah, it was everyone was giving it like a three stars. So it's like it was an okay three race. Out of five, three out of five. It was okay. like it was an okay race. I, I don't know if you can see the screen here that I'm showing off. Actually, let me go to the other screen so you can see it a little bigger. But this is uh, Asphalt 7, and this is the, their Miami course, uh, which I guess, and remember, this is a video game, but it, it could have, what could have been, so this is around like 
uh, in front of Bayside, uh, going towards the arena. Okay. And then they make a right and they go right past the uh, American Airlines arena and going onto that bridge kind of well, of course they're not going to fly into the air like it shows here in the video game <laughs> but <laughs> but uh they go right to like around where the port of Miami is okay and and, and kind of do this race and they go back down uh, the port of Miami uh bridge go past the arena a lot closer to American Airlines arena uh then make a left, kind of go around behind where the Freedom Tower is, and then going forward uh, under the metro rails, and then kind of going through the streets uh, alongside here in Miami along the grids, right? I mean, it was a bit different than that. It didn't really use the main streets that much. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm saying this could, this could have been it, an, an example of what they could have done. Right. Uh, it give it within uh, realistic logic, of course, not video game logic, but this it's, is it's relatively similar to what could it, what the original plan was. Yeah, this could have been. Uh, this is probably I show you this because this is one of the more accurate uh, recreations of Miami that I've seen uh, in a video right. game, aside from like uh, Vice City. <laughs> So that that's why I remember this specifically. I try to re-download this game uh, just to play on this track specifically. And like they're like, oh, well, it doesn't exist anymore. I'm like, oh, well, that sucks. Uh, thanks, Digital Age. This is going to be great for a video. This is why I collect <laughs> video games physically now. This is why. This is why I'm not going to get Guacamole until I find the physical copy, Charles. Listen, I'm just telling you. It's going to be on, <laughs> just You can pay $5 for it. <sighs> Like I, uh, I, I don't understand. I get you. Look who you're talking to. <laughs> look who you're talking to. The ultimate hustler. Mm. You know, I think my ancestors were selling like you know the fruit outside the jungle, even though they could just gone in there. All right, mm. hills of Colombia and everything coming into it. But you gotta play guacamole. It's my avatar, man. Like, okay. All right. All right. I might. Okay. Me. Five bucks. All right. Uh, okay. So that was the F1 race. Uh, but, but all in all, I still enjoyed it. But from your uh, much uh, uh, better, more uh, better, keen eye of of what happened, Andrew. I kind of got an idea I mean, as I'm to not why. That I didn't enjoy it, right? I mean, it's still a Formula One race. You know, it's cool. It's in your backyard. It's cool to see. It's cool to see sporting events in places that I know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've lived in my. It, it's always funny to see the intro where they're showing South Beach. You know, Collins no, Avenue. And then I'm like, oh, you you poor souls who who are watching this on TV. Heck, Miami Beach would have been a pretty sick place. Out in the middle of fucking nowhere. Yeah. In Miami Gardens. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I, I had that same reaction when I first moved down here. Um, because, you know, you know, if you're watching football games, you don't really get to see the outside. You just see what's going on on the field. Um, so, yeah, but I mean, it was still fun. It was formula one race, but it didn't have the intrigue of a lot of other races. Okay. All right. So uh, let's see. We're at 40 minutes right now. I do want to, speak about something guys uh i I do uh first off let's do a real mvp 
So let's start with that. My, my real MVP is that freaking horse. The horse. The horse that won the Kentucky Derby. The, the, the long shot. Uh, what was the name of that horse? It was a horse. I know that. Uh, I don't remember the name. Who else would it be? It's a chicken. <laughs> it's well. I mean, <laughs> uh, you never know. But right, yeah, Kentucky Derby. Yes. Let's see. The horse I, was like a rich strike. Rich strike. There we go. Yeah, of course. Yeah. That's a so, cool name for a horse. Yeah. So Rich Strike won the Kentucky Derby. Um, he was, uh, I think, uh, was like I forgot what the odds were. Like eighty to one odds. Something yeah. like lo- he was a long shot uh, in winning it. And uh, came back and, and just stormed to victory right at the end. Uh, and it was pretty cool to see. And then he started, like, attacking the other horses after he won. So... Yeah. <laughs> that's why I call him Strike. So that's... That, I, that's this, this horse knew. He knew. He, like, he, was, uh, he was the champ. And he, he asserted his dominance upon the others afterwards. So I was very happy to horses. see that. So, Rich Strike, you're, you're my real MVP for... For this week that's for sure do you guys have any for yourselves anybody uh, not really okay well if you guys don't have that i, I need to lay some goonish right now so okay some goon. Goonage. The pain. yes uh well, my goon th- this week guys it, it, it was a new one it, suddenly they they took the they took it right from whatever i was going to do before that it, it's the miami marlins <laughs> so, my beloved baseball team, the Miami Marlins, uh, it's 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 caused me to question whether the false prophet was truly a false prophet or not. Because <laughs> there are some things that have gone down. Yes, the, the team has lost uh, ten. Uh, let's see, what, how, how? Oh gosh, like seven in a row, man. Uh, not well. They did win one game in, in San Diego, uh, but then uh, let's see, their last. Uh, let me start counting. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Their last seven losses. They're one and eight in their last, uh, or uh, yeah, one and seven in their last eight games. Those seven losses have been um, all by one run. <laughs> all one run games. They lost three to four last night to Arizona. By the way, uh, they lost three to four to Arizona. Uh, they lost. They've lost every game this season to the Diamondbacks uh, by one run. So the Diamondbacks swept them in Miami, and uh, well, we'll see what happens here. But uh, yeah, and uh, you know, it, it's it's getting real taxing for for Marlins Twitter. I, I have been tested for sure this weekend with my fandoms. Uh, the, the Florida Panthers pulled it out yesterday, so I was very happy. But uh, uh, so they, they've tied their series 2-2. But the Miami Marlins did something today, guys. And they've done a few things that seem kind of idiotic. Uh, this Saturday, Andrew, I don't know if you're going to join me, but uh, they're going to celebrate. They're celebrating their 1997 World Series, 25th anniversary. They're, the whole series uh, against the Brewers. Uh, but Saturday, they're going to do an actual ceremony with like Craig Council, who happens to be the Brewers manager, uh, Jim Leland, and... Uh, a bunch of other former stars, uh, Levon, whoever's living here, uh, they're going to pop out and take photos and all that stuff. And they're giving out replica rings. And it seemed like, oh, they're doing all this stuff, but uh, they're not they're not wearing their throwback uniforms. And 
aside from <laughs> Nike, <laughs> aside from Nike with some whatever weird bullshit that Nike does, aside from that, I can't fathom a reason why they're not wearing them because three years ago they wore them. So I don't know how they're not, they don't have retro uniforms ready when pretty much every franchise in baseball has retro uniforms on the red, uh, on, the, on the back burner just in case they want to celebrate their past. But the Marlins don't want to do that. And I'm Marlins historian, so it makes me very angry. It makes my eye twitch. All right, fine. Fine, Marlins. Maybe Nike had some manufacturing issues. Maybe you couldn't get the merch out in time for that weekend series. Okay, fine. Next year is the 20th anniversary of 2003. You better have your shit together, okay? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Get those black uniforms out there and let's go. But fine, fine, okay? Then you had that whole taco fiasco <laughs> with the saddest tacos. We, we, we can't forgive on tacos. So. <laughs> with the, they're doing Taco Tuesdays, but I don't think they enticed anybody with the taco that they use. And I, I just wonder how, especially because I follow the, the Marlin Chef on Instagram, how he allowed that photo to be taken for that thing. I, <laughs> do you, like, do you think pride. that's what broke the, uh, that was the straw that broke the camel's back for Jared? He's like, what? <laughs> this ain't no burrito tacos. This is a basic ass taco. Well, this is Miami. So, you know. Uh, maybe I will say this: I still, I still appreciate how you were uh, your positive response. Yeah. When I was when I was talking shit about that taco. Well, yeah, but the the rest of the world kind of uh, was your had your sentiments, Andrew. Of course, that was evil, Andrew. Well, yes, that was evil, I'm, Andrew, last week. Of course, I don't know which I'm, version I'm, of the Andrew verse we have today. To 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 quote. Uh, the great philosopher Yankovic, again, <laughs> I'm whiter than sour cream. And yet even I was still offended by it. Mm, I love a Weird Al Yankovic reference. Thank still you. 2-0 Lightning. What happened, Charles? Dan Radcliffe is going to be. 2-0 Lightning. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's Oh, that's going to be fun. That's going to be fun. Uh, anyways, so they're my goon this week because of, well, this this. This tweet that came out from Marlins Communications. Listen, I follow Marlins Communications. That's their PR arm on Twitter. Hardly anybody says anything to them when they post out some stuff. They have uh, 231 uh, quote tweets for this. Um, so that's not great. Uh, uh, they've, they're, uh, they've got the board ape NFT that you see all over the place. That everybody copies and pastes because NFTs are worthless and, and uh, are a Ponzi scheme. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are displaying it against the San Francisco Giants because I guess the tech connection with you know San Francisco all that stuff I don't get it that might be it uh, June third they're gonna have a Magic City Apes uh, uh, they team up with Magic City Apes I don't know who the f- fuck those guys are but they must be just a bunch of <laughs> NFT bros um, just NFT bros uh, NFT crypto bros because that shit's going well right now. Uh, uh, they're going to have an art display for this. Okay. On Friday, June 3rd against the Giants. So you go and you look at whatever this shit is. And then go see this ape. Uh, 
because the baseball team's not doing great. Uh, on June 3rd, throughout Lone Depot Park, art lovers and baseball fans can experience approximately 20 pieces of NFT, non-fungible tokens for all you boomers out there, uh, board ape art displayed on the columns throughout the promenade level as they walk the ballpark in a first-of-its-kind experience at a Major League Baseball game. Guys, the quote teats, let's head on over to those because... Let's take a look at uh, at some of the. Uh, uh, this guy put ball game question mark. This is nasty, nasty business. I mean, board ape. The name says it all. Uh, trying to appeal to rich suckers and improve my team's image by holding an event selling hundred thousand dollar JPEGs at my va- vacuous cavern of an arena named after one of the numerous organizations that exists solely to prey on vulnerable populations. Oh boy. Well, to be uh, fair, did Charles? the Marlins prey on vulnerable populations by getting the city to pay for that um, mm. that park? Uh, so, Charles, if, if the glove fits, mm. if the uh, glove fits, boys. Uh, let's see. Cringe. I understand why Jeter left now. <laughs> Have you ever considered not doing that? Somehow the Nationals crypto tweet is not the most embarrassing thing done by MLB team today. I guess the Nationals did something. I didn't realize. Uh, empty seats galore, but no wonder Jeets got fed up. Uh, what is going on in the NL East? Uh, I welcome all people rooting for the Giants on June 3rd. <laughs> <laughs> What the fuck? Tired MLB teams involved in Ponzi schemes, like the Mets. Wired MLB owner Stephen Cohen using his financial data analysis uh, to improve his team's performance. And then I guess he put this. I don't know. That doesn't really make sense here. The real reason Jeter left. Everybody, there's a bunch of Jeter comments here. There's a bunch of Jeter comments here. Uh, take out a loan through Loan Depot to buy a Marlins NFT. It's clearly a good idea. And none of this is terrible. <laughs> remember remember Oakland A's fans it could be worse we could be the Marlins that one hurts yeah that, that one good. really hurts I don't know if a Reds fan chimed in but the, that one hurts uh, <laughs> uh, yeah um, holy shit this team can't stop losing yeah <laughs> uh, this is the highest possible level of brand synergy. A fraud baseball franchise and hawking a fraud product in a stadium named after a fraud company. <laughs> that might be a little bit of me in there if he's using fraud so <laughs> I think that's you. That's your burner account. Um, oh, no, listen. I ain't no pussy. <laughs> I'm right now. If I'm going to say it, I'm going to say it. Uh, Freedom of speech, oh, baby. Oh, man. We're going to uh, Donald Trump back on this from Elon. I can say anything. And then... And then here's mine, guys. The fish are officially desperate. Maybe Jeter was right. <laughs> Did they ever clarify really why Jeter left? Like, it was just such I, the abrupt it, thing. It, I think it was philosophical differences between him and the actual majority owner, probably. That's probably all. I think it, I, I continue to believe that it was due to the lockout. Yeah, no matter how far sense, away he gets. No matter how far away he gets from his playing career, Jeter is still a player at heart. Okay. So, he's not a sellout either compared to other uh, players in the managerial position. Sure, A Rod would have. Uh, or, would have been oh, he would have sold out. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, that's that's really all I have to say about this, guys. Um, 
So yeah, they're, they're, they're goons. Uh, my I think we have time for a short segment if you want to. Uh, let's. See. Well, I do have uh, some some stuff uh, in the in the back burner. I actually too. have a goon. But Ooh, let's go. Let's it do it when we talk about the NBA. No, no. no. Oh, for the oh NBA. wow. We're gonna carry over then. Sure. Uh, okay. Well, uh, I do have some other stuff. So let me. Yeah, we do have time. We're at the fifty. About to hit the fifty-three minute mark. So let's uh, let's 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 do it on the cultured swine. Even though the F one segment was kind of like that, and, and by the way, it was it had the highest ratings for an F one race since nineteen ninety five. And I want I want to um, and actually I, I want to make a like a I don't know statement distinction I don't know. Um, it was the second most watched race in America. The most watched since 2002, which was a re-airing of the 2002 Monaco Grand Prix. And naturally, it was the most live-watched F1 race in American history. It was over 2 million people. Yeah. 80,000 people attended in person. And I don't quite understand how they make, they calculate these numbers. They said, like, over 200,000 people attended for the weekend. And yeah. again, I don't quite understand how they calculate that. Is it? I mean, they had, they had tickets for all, like all of the days, right? You could, you could go on Friday, right? And just hang you out. Could go, you could just go Friday. Yeah. You could just go Saturday. It's, you could just go Sunday. Yeah, it, it's like the, um, of the three or you could go all three. Yeah. It's like so the I Miami open. Like you, you can go, and you can buy tickets for the whole event, and you know, or you can just go for one day. And so I don't quite out. know how they calculate that number of how many people attend the weekend. Is it they add up how many people attended each day? I, I mean, they, I think they would just count for tickets sold. Yeah, like, because well, the thing is, even if you have it all day pass, you're still coming on each individual thing. Yeah. Right. It's but anyway, it was like two hundred something thousand people. Right. Uh, went the whole weekend 80,000 just on race day. So it was quite successful. Mm-hmm. Um I, I will say I want I actually I do have a goon as well. Now that you have me thinking about it. Okay, Let's do it. Uh I'm going to say Steven Ross, but in reality I'm just saying the whole crew of people that organized the race. And I'm not the only one pissed off at them about this, but they grossly overpriced and out of outpriced basically everybody from the race, and was done by design. The court, the the common man, the pe- the peasants, right? But what does o- over ticket sales, uh, you know, stuff like your, price. Your, your drinks, your food? Because there is an expectation. I don't know if Francisco would agree with me. Anywhere you go, any kind of event, you're always going to be overpaying, especially if it's a limited thing. Like here, uh, I'm looking at the the uh, the Austin GP, the U.S. Grand Prix taking place in Austin later this year. Um, I'm pulling up their ticket prices here. By the way, Charles, the the, the listen, listen to this. Listen to this. Friday only. Oh, that he scored, Francisco. Mm, okay. Right. Friday, Friday only is fifty nine dollars. 
Saturday only is $129. And Sunday, they haven't released those yet. But still... Do you think Austin's this, a big place of revenue in comparison to Miami? Because Miami... Austin, all I know about is weird concerts and people getting high. There you go. I, I, I feel like that really does have a lot to do with the venue itself or just the place I, itself. Like it's, it's Miami well, and they knew people like if you had a choice, if you, okay, you, there's two events in the United States and you're a celebrity or, or just somebody with some money and you want to attend one of these, uh, you know, casual events, right? Let's say you, let's say you're a rich, you're, you're, you're a dude and you have, uh, you have, your upper middle class at the very least, and you can spend your money somewhere uh, for one of these events, right? Much like, okay, you go to one tennis event. Okay, all right, I'm going to go to the Masters. That's what I'm going to save my money up for. Or, or that's golf, right. sorry. Or, or tennis. Okay, I'm going to go to the to the U.S. Open in New York. Let's do that, right? Uh, and then it's so, like, okay, well, if I have a choice between the two F1 places, I think most people would be like, I'd rather hang out in Miami than Austin, Texas. Although next year they're going to Las Vegas as well. So That's true. Be free Which is going to give, I mean, if you thought Vegas, you thought Miami was overpriced, wait till you see Vegas. Mm-hmm. That's going to get all those and hopefully, people out Hopefully there. that'll bring down the Miami prices because they'll want to try and entice people to come to I Miami over it. Las Vegas. See, you see it. where I, I would say where maybe you're not in not necessarily correct on certain things, Andrew. Francisco, remember when the Heat were in the finals and how a regular season ticket would be one thing depending on their positioning in the playoffs or not in the playoffs for the regular season, and then you get to the finals and that stuff just jumps astronomically because it's a need, it's a want, and it's also an advantage being taken care of. Because when you're that big for any ownership, for any event, you don't care about the common man anymore, right? Because that's you're, you're putting out so much money and networking and production television radio ads all these other things that you're going to need the big money buyers yeah i mean it's a supply and demand thing and people want demanded miami uh they're not because like they've had this awesome event forever and yet none of those people showed up until it went to miami Right. Yeah. Well, you know, they don't have tootsies. Over no, 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 hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Four hundred thousand people went to the Austin race last year. But did Michael Jordan go? There's a wasn't Michael Jordan, but did, Cardi that, B went. Uh, oh, okay. uh, All right. Well, I mean, maybe, uh, okay. But I think I think the glitz and the glamour kind of. Uh, and, and really, maybe F one. This, oh, no, this yeah, is strategic. Absolutely. This is strategic. They've got they've got an East Coast, they've got a Central, and now they're getting a West Coast with Vegas. So right. strategic. So like, oh, all those people like New Yorkers and whatever, they all they'll come down for an F one race from uh, in Miami, right? There's a bunch of them down here, anyways. So oh, and then Vegas, okay, a bunch of people from L A. and all those Tech Valley people and it will go from San Francisco on over there or Seattle. They'll head on over to Vegas. For sure. Plus, we have something that Austin, and Texas, Texas, doesn't Texas have. has a bunch of tech stuff and businesses and industries and all that stuff that'll that are in Austin itself, and they'll come down from Dallas and Houston and San Antonio just to go over there. We have a you know Flanagan's that doesn't close till five in the morning. <laughs> exactly. Mm. Twain Wave will I be didn't there. I see ads uh, next to the Rolex and a bunch of the other stuff out there, but yeah. You don't need to because you don't want to affiliate with the common man. Come on, man. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. 
let's see we're at uh one hour mark let's actually i'll, I'll i won't do my little thing we'll just head on over to the non-sponsor guys so let's let's do it we're from non-sponsors people places things concepts what have you that we've been enjoying over the last week so so guys we're here we're we're doing the thing uh, who wants to go first this week no. i go first all right charles let's do it so it is not metroid dread francisco yeah i, I know yeah, we yeah. were we, we already we already different did perspectives and... like you were getting the 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 thing from a metroid fan himself so i i was very much biased in but my review. here's the thing i thoroughly enjoyed metroid dread i'll give you a little side spot it's an eight and my problem is is that i want an evolution of metroid games to not be the you lose everything and you spend <laughs> 85 to 90 percent of the game just getting your powers back that you already had but i thought dread was excellent i'm not gonna lie because it brought back that love and feeling a little bit i think it's still related to the cold jobs um and the jizzo rizzos and the Aaron judge home runs everything has to come together that's called symbiosis that's called kismet and that's what brought in a little bit of my gaming love but Side note, Metro Dread is fun. Francisco's already talked about it. I give it an 8 out of 10. It has some technical issues coming on into it, but the gameplay is still stellar. A little bit sensitive on the analog stick. I like it. I kind of, I do like the ending um, big time. I was invested yes. to keep continuing, even though I was banging my head on the ground. 25% of the way into the game is when it really starts picking up. The Emmy suck, my God, um, because you have to really be time sensitive mm-hmm. to block it. But So it's like a little shout-out recommendation, but it's only because I finished something today right before I came into for the show. I listen to audiobooks. Um, you guys know I listen to Audible. That's not my non-sponsor. We're actually going to be specific here. The last we're couple on Audible, books, by the way, everybody. We're, we're on Audible, everybody. Follow yeah. us on Audible. Follow us on the Twitter. Charles is through. Dan Frijoles, um, FJOJR. Follow us on Audible. You know, Sports Goose Podcasting. We're very famous there. Very famous people. Mm. Um, so I, I've been kind of straying away because I, I can go on a hard luck kind of run of – fantasy books i had just finished scott lynch's gentleman bastards i don't like to give praises to series that aren't at least close to completion that's only three books in scott lynch i'm still waiting on you know all the other books so please get that done we'll just do it i don't, I don't know how i feel about three and i listen to i claudius um good mom's recommendation you know, i, I want to like hear or read the books that my parents like just so i can carry that on my legacy um in that sense when i go to my niece i'm like oh hey little one go from here but i i was i want to stray away from fantasy Sci-fi books are kind of tough for me sometimes because um, you're either too into it with the world building or the characters suck and you can't win one or the other. H.E. Wells ruined it for me because I thought World World sucks. Sorry, everybody. But also, I think a lot of American classic literature just sucks ass. Say right now, that's my legal terminology for it. So one of my friends recommended an autobiography. And I don't necessarily like the concept of autobiographies because I don't idolize people. And that's how I always viewed autobiographies. I'm not going to lie. Anybody who reads a little biopic or bio, whatever the word is, um, biopics of people from movies or listen to autobiographies or read autobiographies, I'm like, oh, you, you kind of idolize people that have no affiliation to you that you don't really know. And I always feel like there's phoniness to an autobiography. They only list you the good things instead of the bad things. Case in point, Notorious B.I.G. movie. Biggie was viewed as a good person in that movie. I'm like, Biggie killed people. I'm just saying right now. But my friend referred me to um, Trevor Noah's Born a Crime. And I don't follow Trevor Noah like that. I, I don't, I'm not in love with The Daily Show. I wasn't really in love with The Colbert Show. I know that John Seward is a smart man. I know uh, Stephen Colbert is a smart man. I know Trevor Noah had succeeded in The Daily Show from John Stewart. But comedy satire, it, 
I like to think of myself that I have my own satire base of information. I do think satire in today's world is actually probably more foundational news than the actual news itself. Fight me, kids. I'm sorry. I don't care. But she had recommended to me, um, my buddy Sabrina, who I've known for like 15 years. She's a lawyer too. I'll give her a little shout out. Her and I kind of you know trade ideas for books. And she said, oh, you should read this. I, I finished it. The Audible was about eight hours and 42 minutes of listening. The book's probably like 300, 400 pages. But I was deeply engrossed into it because he was born in South Africa right when apartheid was about to end around 1984. Mm-hmm. And he says he was born a crime because he was born, it was a, a child of, uh, you know, a love child of, of mixed families. Mother's black, his father was white. Um, and so you got his perspectives of growing up in South Africa, post-apartheid, um, what was building into his family members, his interactions, him going to school. And I'm all about education. I, I come from a background where my father is Colombian, my mother is Argentinian. They didn't come to the States. Uh, Mom was like five, dad was like 11 when they came in here. And one of the things about the American exceptionalism that kind of bothers me a little bit is when people kind of compare politics to things that really don't make sense because they met or interact or got outside the shell of this country and what they think how bad it really is poor here in America is not same as the poor in third world countries or in South Africa, you know? And, and so it kind of generates me. He, ha- he also um, narrated his book as well. Um, so it, it really, you get his, he has flavor. He speaks so many languages, sounds very intelligent. He's only a few years older than us, which is weird, but he talks about growing up in South Africa. And then he also talks about his mother, how his, the contrast be him being a little badass, his mother being a church going lady, um, over there. And then how she was, um, you know, a victim of domestic violence for her years. Anybody who's been following the show for the four years, that's my specialty of my profession. My specialty is not being violent. My specialty is helping those who are victims of violence. And then that is actually something that's very prevalent in not just third world countries, but in Africa and how law enforcement doesn't take it seriously or anything of that nature. And it's a little bit of a spoiler, but you just get the wiki on it. So it's not a spoiler, but his mom got shot in the back of the head by the ex that she survived. It's one of those whole crazy kind of things, but um, it, it really kind of brought it together to a humanistic feel. And it was a good recommendation because I think it made me interested about the person, made me interested in just the, the politics of another country of another world, another system, another infrastructure, right? It wasn't really based on left and white, right-wing ideology. It's more or less like you're screwed if you're poor and you're screwed if you're poor and black over in South Africa. And you're screwed if you're you know, poor and mixed color. You're screwed if you're poor, but you know, you're white. It had a lot of different dynamics coming in and it talks about some of those disadvantages. So it's part education, I feel, part humanistic because you're actually having the person narrate their own biography, autobiography. So you do get a personal touch to it. And then it also is a perspective of the disparities of genders over in other countries too. So it was one of those few that I found was educational, entertaining, and enjoyable, the three E's. So Trevor Noah's Born a Crime. I don't know if that makes me go watch a stand-up. Maybe I'll give it a shot. I think the common denominator stand-ups have kind of lost their quality, but I, I was the guy who watched George Carlin and Robin Williams and you know Bill Burr's kind of there, but even Dennis Leary back in the day. I, I don't want to watch Pete Davidson. And I guess that's the thing now. And I just don't want to do that. It's not my cup of tea. Yeah, but yeah, definitely recommend it to people to listen to it, to read it. Um, Born a Crime, very good. Try out your Audible subscription. Go to your local library because those things still exist. Check the book out. Get the Audible or the audio CD of it. But highly recommending. And it's an interesting perspective, too, because he wrote it when he was younger. It only came out in 2016. So who knows if there's a back nine that he talks about it in his Hollywood days. But Trevor Noah, Born a Crime, promo code. Um, oh, man. I'm, I'm trying to think of everything coming in there. Um, 
Patricia. I think that's his mom's name. So uh, I'll, I'll give the shout there. Okay. I guess I'll go next then. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll go from here. Uh, all right, guys. So um, uh, went went out on Friday. Been trying to go to this place for for quite a bit now. I, I've gone before, but I decided to uh, to to go out with the lady and uh, and. Uh, it's it's a Korean restaurant. It's called Korean Kitchen. Korean Kitchen. Uh, we've been trying to go there for quite a bit, uh, but it, we I just didn't realize that they these people close early. They close early. They close at uh, eight thirty on weekdays, and on, only on Friday and Saturday are they open until nine thirty. So uh, they, they 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 just want to go home and, and watch the Heat game, and I get that. I don't mind that. So, but but guess what? They make some pretty damn good Korean food. It's a hole in the wall type of place, okay? It's a hole in the wall type of place. It's not like, you know, it's it's in like a little strip mall type of area in North Miami Beach. Uh, but they got some good eats. They got some good eats, okay? They they have like a little tiny deck, kind of makeshift deck that they made. I'm assuming because of the the pandemic, and it just kind of stuck for them. They have just a takeout window, and it's just a kitchen. And yeah, you go and you get your food, you sit down and you eat. Okay, so this is uh this is their menu. Uh, of course, they got all the all the great uh, Korean dishes. I myself got a little saucy that day. Ooh, a little saucy. Ooh. Bad saucy or good saucy? Good saucy, Charles. Good it's saucy. it's pricey saucy. I'm gonna tell you that it's thirty five bucks worth of saucy, but it's saucy, folks. Oh, is got, it Korean barbecue ribs? No, I got myself some <sighs> spicy squid and pork stir fry. My friend. Ooh. Oh yeah, my face. I, I was red like crazy, but man, it hurt so good. That is for sure. It hurt really, really good. Uh, very much a friend of that. The uh, I, I could have gone for the bulgogi. I almost went for that, but I decided to just go for the just go turn up the heat completely. Andrew, you're not ready for it yet. Yeah, <laughs> your palate's not ready yet. Okay? Poor Andrew, you're not ready yet. I'll take you one day, but you are not ready. <laughs> That's like final boss status. Exactly. No, that believe me, you your head would have exploded. Um, you're not ready for that. We got you on the chimichanga. We got to go someplace else. At some point, but uh, we're, we're working our way up the ladder. Plus, would you eat squid, Andrew? No pressure, but oh, you not. Right now. Oh, this is a good question because she asked me, "Have you had sushi?" Who me? Yes, I love sushi. Oh, okay, good. All right, all right, good. Cool beans, but not squid. I have not had squid or octopus. I have not. No. Okay, so no, no mollusks of any kind. Correct. Oysters or clams or no. Okay. Have not. All right. Well, we gotta work. Look, it's not that bad. All right. If you've eaten sushi, you can work your way to that. Yeah. If you have dipping sauce, I think you'll be able to handle it. But yeah, eel sauce. Ooh, yummy. Yummy. I mean, look, I I'd rather take you know that octopus as opposed to some fish just without any mm. additional flavoring that haven't been blackened or battered or anything. You know. So uh, we had but we had some dumplings, of course. That that was good. We of course had some of the some uh, we imbibed a bit. Okay, had some of that uh, Korean. I think it's uh, what is it called soju or whatever they call it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had some of that. Okay. We had this, I forgot what it's called, but the, you have to, it's a drink. It's kind of milky, but you, you drink it out of a bowl. 
Yeah. I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, you drink it out of a bowl, or a little David Hasselhoff style, right? Just, just absolutely. Uh, uh, it looks like something you would get and be like, if people saw you drinking alcohol out of a bowl, you you go to the AA meeting afterwards. But here, it's it's not frowned upon. Uh, and we did get something. Uh, I, it, it's an appetizer, yes, but you can have it as a dessert. It's the uh, the 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 mozzarella cheese corn dog, my friends. What? The mozzarella you, you cheese. You have my corn attention, dog. Charles. I, I sent you. The, I sent you the photo. But that was like five days ago. Do you not understand? <laughs> I'm not. It's not even the point where like I was blackout drunk or anything. I'm just old. Mm. I don't remember things. I was dealing with Metroid uh, Dread and everything. Uh, I will go through the chat as you. And go through the chat. I, I don't know if I can find a, a photo of it. Let me see if I can look on the Yelp page. But it, it's it, just just think. Imagine a corn dog, but you take out the dog, and you stick it with mozzarella cheese inside, and you fry that baby up, and then you coat that thing in sugar. What the fuck? It's it's not smooth like a regular corn dog. Nice and crunchy and crispy. But if you're doing mm. sugar, where's my where's my ketchup? <laughs> All right, I'm looking at you this. Is, is this the thing on the stick? It comes with ketchup. You can is have. Thing, is this the thing on the stick? It's the thing on the stick, Charles. Wait, they did empanadas? Uh, no, no, they're they're, they're dumplings. They're, they're oh, the dumplings. dumplings. Oh, I'm yes. sorry. I'm yeah. sorry, guys. Hispanic yeah. crossings yeah, coming into it. Yeah, I forget that it's Korean barbecue. Um, yes. I would eat that. I, I can't tell much of the tasting. Um, oh no, it, you know, it's it's it. immaculate. It's it's fantastic. Okay. Come on, it's fried cheese surrounded by fried batter. I hate living here. With so uh with sugar coated on top of it. All right, you you can handle that, Andrew. I'm going to tell you that, my friend. You had me until you said there was sugar. But buddy, yeah, I, I get it. it. It's a lot, but I didn't expect it to be dessert, but it became dessert. Cuz I was very curious. Like I said, it, it sounds delicious. But then you add the sugar in, and I yeah. just don't know how that. So here, it, but it's eating like a Chinese donut with stuff inside. I can get behind this. Here's a photo of it on the bigger screen here. So that's uh, that's what it looks like. Complete. I took a bite of it so you can see the inside where the cheese kind of oozed in, and it, it comes with its own little ketchup packet. Charles, you, believe uh, me, your ketchup is there. You'll you'll be fine. And and okay, you can have it just cheese only, or you can have a mix of both cheese and fish cake inside of it. So, Wait, what, what? What? Yeah, they have a fish cake cheese hybrid version of it. Interesting. And they, you see, I I like trying. I was a bit too afraid to try it, but I might try it next time. Yeah, I mean, a little bite. Yeah, we're not. I, there's a, I, if you give me a sample, I'll try. It. I don't want to order the whole thing and then hate it. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's that's just like the worst. Yeah. So, the Korean kitchen, guys. There you go. Um, uh, promo code. Not Andrew ready yet. <laughs> Not yet, man. You'll make it. You'll make it. Believe me, we're getting you there. We, we gotta. We gotta plan out the next outing. That's for sure. We haven't even gone to the freaking churro place that uh, Charles recommended either. And it's right there. Too. Oh my God. It was so good. You guys, it's, I don't, it's right there too. We've had plenty of opportunity to go, but just haven't yet. Yeah. All right. So can you still hear me? Oh yeah. Yes. Perfectly. Cool. Uh, so my non-sponsor, this is going to be a little bit interesting. 
Um, it's going to be, well, it's partially a person who shall not be named because I don't want to Voldemort. reveal their identity. But it's also the show that they recommended to me, which is My Hero Academia. <gasps> oh! I recommended this. I'm not sponsored this. I haven't even looked at this. My God, Andrew got ahead of me on the anime department. He's this is multiverse, Andrew. We got him playing games. He's eating spicy stuff. He's doing anime. He's our love child. <laughs> so I know that you've sponsored it, but I haven't. So anyway, I. This person, I wanted to impress them, and they said that they were a big anime fan, uh, particularly into uh, Miyazaki, um, among other things. Mm -hmm. So I said, "All right, what's a? Sh uh, I'm curious. I want to get into this. What should I? What should I watch?" And they gave a few options, and one of them was My Hero Academia. So. I was like, all right, let's let's try this. I mean, I used to watch anime a little bit when I was in high school because my friends did. Uh, they were big into Naruto, uh, some other show. I don't know. And, and I'm not counting Pokemon because I didn't really understand what anime was back when I was that young. I just thought, oh, it's a cool cartoon. Um, so I started watching it. Watched a few episodes, you know, it was good. You know, I, I enjoyed it. You know, I got through the first season in a couple of weeks, maybe. Um, and I don't know what happened, but it recently, like within the last two weeks or so, it was just kicked into overdrive. Uh -oh. And what's that? What the tournament? Uh, well, now I'm halfway through season three. Um, I'm now, well, I won't spoil it, but I'll just say that, what was the last episode? Uh, Izuku and Bakugo got into the fight in that, into, in that, that ground beta, because he thought that it was his fault that he lost the powers. Mm -hmm. So, I, I am... You know what? No, I'm not ashamed. I am not ashamed to admit this, but I have gone on watching sprees that went until 4 a.m. I'm so proud. I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> that means it's, yeah, you got it good. Well, so you got that, the though, good. That's a good because one. Because it starts out slow, but when he hits certain arcs middle of the season, man, then it gets really good. I just wish the end seasons were better of the arcs, but the mid-season arcs are chef's kiss. The problem is, the problem is, I mean, it's not a bad problem. I like it. It's just, it's a bad problem when you're in a binge. It takes them like four episodes to cover like 20 minutes of real time. Which, again, it's not a problem. Like, if you look at the sports festival, <laughs> it took them like eight episodes yes. just to cover the sports festival. I don't like the sports festival because after what you had in season three, after him and one for all, and then all for one going at it. And then well, yeah. that, the same way with, well, 
season two was just immaculate because you had the tournament and then you had the uh stay in the hero killer and that was ah yeah kiss my fingers right now <laughs> so i mean it it sucks for binging because you know it's these 20 minute episodes but it takes like three or four of them to wrap up these little mini arcs it's like it's 3 a.m i really don't want to watch another episode but i have to so like i've i i have now said all right fine i'm not going to watch them at night anymore i'm going to watch them in the morning when i wake up so i won't be going to sleep at 4 4 30 watching this show um anyway it, it's so good it is so good um like i actually have a motivational background on my phone that says go beyond plus ultra dude just wait till you see lamillion and overhaul i'm just saying that favorite character <laughs> favorite character favorite villain i don't care so yeah i i'm i'm in i'm into this deep man it's it's been a while since i've been this hooked on a show um you know i weep for when i inevitably hit the end of the road because they only have five seasons on hulu um but supposedly they're making more seasons yeah well i mean they're they're catching up to the manga from what I know, but they're on season five or they just finished season five and season six will come forever because COVID shut down. So the operations and they have side movies, but I haven't watched said side movies because they tend not to be canon. But yeah, it's, it's so good. It's like, you know, inject this straight into my veins. It's so good. I can't uh, help it. We've, we've uh, Charles, we have a new, uh, a new version of Andrew from the Andrewverse. Weave Andrew. Weave Andrew. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm sorry. So we got to give him like Midoriya's hair <laughs> in, in that alternate. Just some cell shading. Yes. We have Weave Andrew this time. I it think every episode we're just gonna have a different Andrew pop in from. The but this place. is this is a shocker. <laughs> well, One day I'm exactly. expecting to be like, guys, he came I finished a, a bottle of Jack Daniels. I'm like, what? <laughs> Andrew in the multiverse of madness. There we go. Exactly. I would watch that movie. <laughs> yeah okay and well I, I i do like surprising you guys that is a lot of fun this, uh, this has been the theme for this this season is different versions of andrew popping through mm -hmm. what's the it's promo a lot of code uh so yeah my hero academia charles what do you think my promo code promo code is going to be Bakugo is a bitch. I don't know why anybody likes him. That's my promo code for it. But it's got to be plus uh, ultra, right? Well, I was going to say plus ultra. Yeah. Um, although I think a, a, another acceptable one would be you idiot. <laughs> you did that. Yeah. Uh, uh, there was like, young, young Midoriya. You got to do the voice. Just like young Midoriya. It's not bad. Mm. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, that's. That's that's my non-sponsor. All right, uh, and thank you to and thank you to the unnamed person for suggesting it to me. Man, you're welcome. <laughs> okay, well, 
uh, that was very much a surprise that, that we have uh, Weeb Andrew joining us for this edition of the show. So I'm, I'm happy about that. Charles is definitely happy for sure. He sounds like a proud papa right now. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Birthday boy. Yeah. So, well, we're at uh, hour 24 mark right now, guys. And we, we got some stuff to talk about. There's some playoffs raging on. Uh, mm. Let me take a look at the scorecard real, real quick so mm. we can kind of get a gauge of what's happening tonight. So right now, the Carolina Hurricanes uh, and the Boston Bruins, they're 2-2 at the moment. Right now, uh, Canes are up 2-0 out in Raleigh. Uh, so that that was great. Of course, oh gosh, darn it! Real MVP, Brad Marchand. I Brad Marchand. Brad Marchand. Let's let's do that real quick. I, I do want to talk about this because the really uh, and look, it's a good series. Uh, all the teams have won at home. That's great and all between the Canes and, and the Bruins. And it, it's been it's been a fine series, very chippy for sure. But but Brad Marchand did something. That uh, and, and look, yes, people hate him. The, the, outside of Boston, the the rest of the copy, the hockey community hates him. But my God, he's he's such uh, he's he's the nicest villain ever. Yes, he's the good bad guy. He's the good bad guy. Guys. And and when I say villain, I mean hockey villain. He yes. seems to be a decent guy off the ice. He is. He he stands up for the rights of other. Uh, you know, disparate communities. Okay, he's got his own cereal. But uh, this one right here, uh, Brad Marchand, uh, just getting into it with uh, Tony D'Angelo. By the way, he he also uh, got the empty net goal to seal the deal in the last victory for the Bruins uh, with Tony D'Angelo throwing his stick, trying to, which of course is a penalty. It's an automatic goal anyways, even if uh, it did deflect the puck. But uh, just as as insult to injury, uh, right there for for uh, against Tony D'Angelo. But of course, Brad Marchand trying to get at him, yelling. The ref's trying to prevent him from getting to him, and Marchand kind of nodding his head as D'Angelo is going back to the into the uh, into the the locker room during intermission. And Marchand uh, just uh, nodding his head, racist. You're a racist, racist. <laughs> because does that remind you of a uh, family guy? Was like you're a phony, a phony. You're big fat phony. Got to uh, do with the Brad Marchand boys. Of course, Tony D'Angelo has had some uh, incidents uh, in the social medias and stuff to to show off his his uh, where his his feelings lie with regard to just anybody that doesn't look like him. So and, and Brad Marchand, he's a man of the people. Man of the people, the people's champion. So you're a real MVP. So thank you for that. But uh, yeah, and let's okay. So there's that. That's the series that's happening right now uh, between the uh, the Bruins and 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 the freaking uh, Hurricanes. Uh, other series that's happening right now. Um, hold on one second. Uh, uh, later on tonight, we've got the St. Louis uh, Blues versus the Minnesota Wild. That's 2-2. And then the Los Angeles Kings and the Edmonton Oilers headed back to Edmonton. And that's also 2-2. And that series has gotten really chippy as well. Of course, all these it's Stanley Cup playoffs. Right now, in Toronto, 2-2 series as well. But the Royal Teams have done pretty good 
in this series, and the the bolts are up to nothing against the Leafs. Yay! So there you go. I hope you guys kill each other, uh, and and because uh, uh, the Panthers will be facing off against whoever it is if they can freaking handle the Caps. But it's two two between those two teams as well. I was very happy. I was getting I was getting worried, guys. But my pessimism fueled the Panthers to a game uh, game four victory. So it worked, guys. It worked. Okay. Panthers Panthers Twitter was almost falling apart, and then the Panthers pulled Bob from net, and then around the three-minute mark, they were able to get the game-tying goal, and then in overtime, they got the game-winning goal. You can hear about my... I went on a podcast. I went on another podcast. I went on Locked On Panthers podcast to talk about the game three loss, and then I did my own little thing, uh, my Panthers historian thing, to talk about the game four victory. And uh, right now, I thought the best series would be between the, the Pens and the and the Rangers, but the Penguins thoroughly s- s- freaking spanked the Rangers uh, in game four to go up three games to one. And they're looking like they're about to get another victory and head on over to the next round. Uh, and the Avs look good. They thoroughly look like a one seed versus an eight seed, and they took care of business. The Avs, may, this may be the actual year that they get something done, which is kind of scary. Part of it, a large part of me wants them to not, of course, just so the means. But, but also, I mean, Joe Sakic has won at everything he's ever done, and this seems like the culmination of that. However, maybe a rematch of '96 and the Panthers finally get some revenge. I, I, that's that's the hope as well for me. Uh, uh, anything that's sticking out to you in your series, Andrew, between the the Leafs and, and the Bolts? I mean, because I could go on is, and on with the Panthers. I, I don't. I don't intend to because it's gonna. We, don't, we only have well, so few time. Because I can. I could talk all day about the uh, about the Lightning. I know, but I want your. I want your uh, brief uh, synopsis so far of the series. Now that you've we've gotten into four games, now game five, you're up to nothing. I mean, it is the pure definition of a seesaw matchup. Mm. Um, game one went to the Maple Leafs. Game two went to the Lightning. Game three went to the Maple Leafs. Game four went to the Lightning. Um, The first team to score in each game has gone on to win. Mm. Knock on wood. Um, There were two relatively close games, uh, one by each team, one each. Then there were two blowouts, each one by each team. It's penalties galore on both sides, depending on who's uh, depending on which game. Um, Like it's, it's dead even, man. I mean, it's if ultimately it's going to become down to can the lightning break serve? Um, Because if it keeps going this flip flop way, the Maple Leafs mathematically are going to win just because they have home ice on the seventh game. Um, I mean, it's a good start so far. They're up 2-0 going into the second period, but 2-0 is the worst lead, if I'm being honest. It's just enough of a 
cushion to give you give yourself a mental break. But the second you give up a goal, you go right into one zero mode. Um, so we'll we'll see how it goes. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much the quick breakdown. I mean yeah. this 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 series, it's. Both teams the other thing kind of, it, it, both teams are take are like just haymakers because it was like five nothing like the the the, the Leafs score five in the first game you guys score five in the second game and then the Leafs score another five in the third game and then the the, the Bolts score seven in the in the fourth game so it's just been haymakers really there's been blowouts more for the most part although uh, I I will I will put an asterisk on that seven. Two of those goals were scored on, as empty netters. Yeah, but still um, five goals. Still five least. goals. Yeah, it was it was five to one, um, but then they came back and scored two goals. But yeah, that was in garbage time. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, it's a very physical series. They're just beating the crap out of other i mean and i'm sure you're you're enjoying that very much well the capitals aren't really making it easy for the panthers either so uh they've i gotta give props to the caps i mean i i know i say over and over that a team that's successful in the regular season does not necessarily guarantee success in the playoffs it's a whole different style of hockey but man the caps of like, I, I hate to say it because this is a no, I won't say it because that's very brutal. But you guys have like clipped your nails, as it were. Well, I mean, they finally, game four, I think we finally got a semblance of what the Panthers were in the regular season. Once that get, they got that game tying goal, it's their, their, just their demeanor looked a lot different on the ice. They looked very less desperate and looked more like, Oh, this is the, the the comeback cats. These are the Panthers that uh, were down like five to one to the Leafs, and they came back to win six to five. Like just like, oh, we can score at will again. And mm-hmm. then they went into overtime. The Caps only had two shots on the Caps in Game Four. The Panthers had a defensive clinic going on, uh, and it was unfortunate because there was that high hit that T.J. Oshie did on Sam Bennett, which didn't get called. Uh, and didn't get disciplined, by the way, by the NHL. Uh. And then, um, uh, then, uh, so that led to an unfortunate goal. Kuznetsov kind of scored because everybody's like, "What the fuck?" And and then uh, they were able to kind of get everything together. But that entire game, the Capitals only had 16 shots on net in an overtime game. By the way, 16 shots mm-hmm. on net throughout the entire game. That's pretty- I mean, in fairness, it did not go that deep into overtime. I know, but still, 60-minute game, 65 minutes, I'd say, uh, with the overtime because the Panthers were able to score pretty uh, quick, relatively quickly, let's say. Um, if That's holding the Washington Capitals to that with Ovechkin on the ice? That's pretty yeah. good. That's pretty damn good. The Panthers doubled. like They had 32 shots on net. Um so that was really good. They finally figured out Samsonov, so hopefully that kind of... They went into Game 5 with momentum. Uh, they looked themselves again, which was something... The Panthers took them... Out, the, the Capitals were out of... Like, took the Panthers out of themselves in Game 
three like that was a i, I hated watching that game i i actively hated watching that game and but then mm-hmm. game four like once they got the game time goal it it was they looked like a different team in my eyes uh all right so we're at an hour 36 can I, can I just have to add one more thing about your series yes you're welcome the guy who scored the game-winning goal Oh, yeah, Carter Carter he scored two of the goals, by the way, two of the three goals that day. So yeah. the man knows, knows, has playoff experience. He yeah. was with he has a, the he lightning. Has a ring. He has a ring. Uh, so uh, you're welcome. You're welcome. So there's that. <laughs> uh, all right. And then uh, it's, we actually have a good Sergei Bobrovsky right now, which is fantastic. Uh, uh, Dallas and Calgary. I, uh, I'm thoroughly enjoying that series. I'm I'm cheering. I'm actively cheering for all the Sun Belt teams because I like Canadian cities losing to Sun Belt teams. That's always fun to me, for me. Uh, so that's uh, hopefully the Kings can do their job, and uh, you guys can go to seven games and go to like a triple overtime, <laughs> and then have like uh, to play the Panthers uh, literally like the next day at daytime or something. Maybe that that can be the schedule. You guys would just be dead tired. Uh, all right. Uh, let's see. I think that's it for the Stanley Cup playoffs right now. So let's head on over to the NBA playoffs. <sighs> All right. So NBA playoffs right now. Uh, games that are happening at the moment. Well, I mean, Miami Heat are up right now. 56-43. Not going to get ahead of myself, Charles. <sighs> Not going to get it. We're in the second round at this moment. Oh, look, we have a lead because we didn't start a certain point guard. <laughs> all right. Well, there's Charles' feelings already right there. Well, uh, all the other series, 2-2, Milwaukee and Boston. Charles, any good thoughts? Series. Good series. It's, um, it is a good series. They're gonna. They're just slaughtering each other. Which that is good. Feels like it's going to seven. Yeah. And I, I here, here's the thing that people need to realize. Milwaukee's playing without Chris Middleton. So unfortunately for those fans, they're stuck with Drew Holiday going five to twenty-two last game, and that's where Milwaukee kind of you you in, in theory you reap what you sow kind of thing. When you went through Drew Holiday, you realize, oh crap, you paid him for being defender, but then we realize the guy can't shoot really yeah. um, anymore. Five to twenty-two is atrocious, just god awful, and it's one of those things where had you put other people or facilitated the ball. Or try to get maybe Brooke Lopez into the paint in the foul line and try to get him to do some free throws. Would that have won you with the game? Because they were in the lead for the fourth quarters, four quarters until the back end. So they were winning despite Drew Holiday's bad stuff. I still love Giannis. I, I respect it. Him and Embiid are my respectful big men. I don't respect any other big men but him. Bam's not technically their big because what they have Embiid and Giannis as like really center height but played as power forwards, whereas um, Bam is straight up a power forward. They just slide him into the center. But you know what? All my three big guys. There you go. All in the East. We hate them West Coast guys. Paris Alonso's mofos. Who and won DeAndre. the by the way? But, well, we'll get to that, I'm sure. But it's a good series. I think it goes seven. I think they slaughter it. That's my <clears throat> process. Okay. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, the Montreal Canadiens got the number one pick in the draft lottery. So that was the other bit of news that came there. So uh, their tank worked out well. Their tank worked out well. They out, they outdid Seattle. 
uh, in Arizona. So uh, okay, so there's so that's that series. Then we have the uh, out west, uh, Golden State three one over Memphis Oof. right now. Oof. It's a bloodbath. Yeah, that's true hatred. And herein lies my two goons. Mm. Here we go. Not one but two, and they're both Memphis Grizzlies. And one of them kind of hurt. One of them kind of hurts. John Morant's kind of a goon. Because he's going around saying that Jordan Poole was pulling at his knee. He's out for the remainder of the playoffs because he has a bone bruise. And I was just trying to find on Twitter where that was, um, where this possible foul that caused his knee injury. And if you look, it's like you see Jordan Poole grab at the knee slightly, but that really is enough to leave a bruise that deep. And when we say bone bruise, it's not the same like little ouchies that I get for stubbing my toe. But the way that Ja was kind of like playing was kind of dirty as hell. And I don't know if I sent you guys a Twitter clip, but it was, um, I think it was Steph trying to go for the basket and then Ja kind of stuck his leg out. And it, it's just one of those tale of two cities situations, but he was jumping around trying to block some shots and he extended his knee. And you should know when you have actual dirty plays happening from physical contact, you know who we know? Markeith Morris, we're getting knocked the hell out by the Paris Lafras. Or Joel Embiid, who got hurt, concussed, fractured orbital, but still came back to play. But I don't know if Jaws like jucking and shiving and complaining of how this series has gone makes me like him anymore in that sense. Because it's to a level of how theatrical your opinions are. And is it fair to say that the the youth of him because i'm not gonna say immaturity because you can't say anyone's immature when you don't know them personally speaking um but is the youth of him creating this presumption of arrogance if i'd be right because we've already crowned him we've crowned him have we not three years into it we have crowned him we crowned him better than zion zion's a waste of a pick just saying that right now um come back to me five years from now but we we've said that there was analysts saying if you had to build a guy for the next future you got to pick John Morant. NBA Tonight was not doing I mean, it. ESPN does it. Looking at the series, he's uh, leading uh, players in points right now, in in assists as well. Um, so that's that's kind of he's he's averaging thirty eight point three in this series, and, and it's good. I, I just feel that now we've crowned him, and now maybe he takes that momentum, and it kind of feels now. Andrew doesn't know enough about this man, I think, when I'm going to make the comparison, but you will. Are we treading water into Allen Iverson territory? Where he's basically the team and that's it, and he's... The team, but he's also may become the problem. Ooh, that that was AI's problem when he, like, at towards the end in Philly. Because you got to look... Because look how, how everybody has reacted with Desmond Bain and Dylan Brooks, who broke Gary Payton's elbow, very physical chippy, and who's the one kind of clapping it up a little bit? Ja. And then my other goon is still on um, the Memphis Grizzlies, and that's Taylor Jenkins, their coach. Brilliant coach so far. Really helped propel this team from irrelevance to a weird hiring to being the second seed. But he was saying that there was dirty plays on Jordan Poole grabbing for Ja's knee, and then he backtracked on it. It you, what is spilt the milk cannot go back into the bottle, but you know, plain and simple. And um, it was just one of those things because it, it feels like a collective thing. I don't want to say the Memphis Grizzlies are the goons, but yeah, sure, I'll just say the Memphis Grizzlies are goons okay. because they're kind of playing chirpy and dirty. And 
I feel like this is not grit the narrative grind, you want to. Yeah, but this is not the narrative you want to fight against because tell me anybody who doesn't like the Warriors right now, where you see them all healthy, fighting, collaborative. They're destroying teams. Yeah. They blew out. Um, and a five-game series to rest up for the Western Conference Final. Yeah, and don't you want to see them come back to the the proclamation, right? Mm. To come the reclamation project to say, hey, y'all thought we were just nothing but stoves, but do you really want to play us yeah. in that sense? Nope. And tell me that they can't win it all for the West. They've done. Tell it. me they've done it before. Like this is because like this is you, the same. Like okay, now we got Andrew Wiggins and well, well let me let me throw something around. to you. Phoenix might not be hosting a playoff game, baby, in the Western Conference Finals. Get to my next section, please, mm, sir. Dallas versus Phoenix, the Suns, the 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 other Heat based team here. Mm. So give it to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, how you? It was supposed to be a wash, right? It was supposed to be Luca, yeah. another one of the of problem children, and he is a little bit more of a problem child for his complaining to the refs. And it was a two zero series. Name me other people on that team: Dorian Finney-Smith. You're like who? Jalen Brunson? Who? Mm-hmm. Jason Kidd, the guy who really shouldn't be on his third attempt coaching, but somehow he is. And they go and they tie that up. Yep. When your most Chris Paul, who's getting fouled out only score like five points in game three. And then he has the issue with his family, unfortunately as it is, yeah. um, you know, whether the spotlight of awkwardness of fans and then Devin Booker just being a guy, not the guy and DeAndre Aiden, not being more than we could be. Monty Williams wins coach of the year because we just got to fondle that ball sack. So I've Eric Spolstra. What? Two, two, we're two, two now as well. Yeah. But no one really was behind the heat. Anybody who was Skip Bayless, anybody who says that they were really behind us was not behind us. You thought Boston was better than us. You thought Milwaukee was better than us. You thought Philly was better than us. You thought we were a four seed. No one really said that the Suns were never actually worse than a competition. You always said that they were the best of the competition. You said they were going to repeat. And I think the momentum's against them. And if they don't make it, I don't know. You guys might have to cover your ears down no. in Miami because oh you're going to be hearing me cackling like a villain, <laughs> like pure out. I'm going to love it yeah. because regular season doesn't matter. We are the one seed and we might lose to Philly. They're the one seed and they're going to lose to a Dallas Mavericks team that it quote Shania Twain. Don't impress me much. So you got the look, but do you got the touch? Now don't get me wrong. I think you're all right. Well, that won't keep me warm in the middle of the night. So you got Devin Booker. Doesn't impress me much. Andrew, that was pretty smooth, if I had to say so myself. To work those lyrics in there. But yes. Thank you. Oh, um, by the way, your prophecy came true, Andrew. The the, the lighting, the uh, the Leafs did score a goal immediately as 2-1. Well, it was on a power play, so. I know, but still, your prophecy once more. Yeah. The 2-0 lead. Yeah. Andrew Str- Andrew Stradamus. That's kind of hard to say, but yeah. um, well, no, it's we got there Weeb too. Andrew right now. Andrew Stradamus might be might be coming next week. Oh, his uh, his his quirk is prophecies. Um, but Francisco, I'm, I'm gonna love this, and I might watch a little bit of ten o'clock game. I got court tomorrow, so this is the problem. All the West Coast teams, and this is why I can't catch up because you guys, I, I, 
I, I, I'm too tired. I'm too tired. Yeah. But I might say up if it's game seven elimination game, I'll watch it because I will be that will be will, for me will be the whole coronation of I'm right. The sun's ain't nothing. Devin Booker's just guy, and I can't tell you why I don't like him. I, I just I've been running that momentum. The same thing, same with how creative Aaron Rodgers. This is where we've been for the last three years, guys, and okay. I can't fight it. All right, so we're at uh, hour forty seven. And and we we know our feelings on the heat, I think, right? <sighs> I think we're good. Like we're up. Let me say one thing. One thing. All right, go. Why did we trade for Kyle Lowry? <laughs> our bane of our existence has been a old point guard always getting hurt, man. And I was not a fan of the Lowry trade when it first happened. I think I I have in the tweet messages. I have it in our messenger chat, and I think I said on a show it don't vibe well. But the man was three for ten, flopping around when he Academy Award nominations. And I don't care if our good friends Jeremy Tache. I don't even care if the Miami Heat. I don't care if Bam. I don't care if Jimmy Butler's offended by what I said. I'm angry at Spolstra for just letting it be and letting what he thinks is the rotation dictate around. Philly is athletic and fast. <laughs> Kyle right now with a bum hamstring. Yeah. is not athletic nor is he fast shouldn't have played if, he shouldn't have played. shouldn't have played no. he should have played the last two games you could have saved him for the other round because it's not so much of riding the hot hand it's just right now your facilitator of offense was jimmy why couldn't you just have it continue be jimmy maybe you should put duncan robinson in i understand the concerns about robinson being a bad mismatch if he got up against Embiid because he's what a power forward small forward it's a weird kind of blend and Knicks that comes into it. Um, that's why Caleb Martin's kind of around. But, Dun- well, I mean, you can also say he's a shooting guard, too, but I wouldn't want him going on hard in either. It depends. It's so weird with that tweener position of the two, three, fours. However, Kyle Lowry was never the clutch closer guy for me in Toronto. That, mm-hmm. you know, it was DeMar for Ben. That's why they traded him. And then we gave this man who's 35 a three or four year max contract, 120. And, I don't care if you miss the regular season. I care if you show up for the postseason. You know who's showing up in the postseason right now? Who's been playing the regular season? Victor Oladipo. Yep. Right now, as I'm looking, 12 minutes, 11 points. Yep. What? Ridiculous. Two assists coming in. He's it's ready. exactly what I wanted. That doesn't that doesn't mean I think that PJ Tucker and Gabe Vincent and Max Struess are just like what I need in life. They're the hot hand kind of guys. But if you're talking about we want guys for defensive prowess, Bam's defensive player. He's very, you know, might be defensive player of the year. I don't know if they've announced or not yet, mm-hmm. but um, he, he's up there. P.J. Tucker's a very good I, defensive player. And Rudy Gobert uh, won again. I think that's what happened. Fucking yeah. Christ. It's always him. It's always him. Yeah. It's all, like it just a stinky Frenchman. Sorry. And then I just don't get it. Like, why? He doesn't win anything. Yeah, he doesn't, well, like, he, he barely touches he thinks, up. He, he thinks he can defend Shaq. Uh, we're at one hour, 50 minutes right now. Oh. So. But but I'll keep the cage short so I can All crap right. on Kyle Lowry for a second. <laughs> but why? Literally, why? Because this is going to hurt us if you really want Donovan Mitchell. I kind of do. <laughs> I kind of do, man, yeah, man. Without giving up Tyler Hero. Uh, without giving up Tyler Hero. No. But that's going to be the prize pick, though. That's the problem. You can give up Duncan. He's not doing anything. Yeah, but no. But they're not going to want Duncan. Yeah, and here's the thing. The, um, that money. I-, I was looking. That Donovan Mitchell contract is actually kind of movable. Mm-hmm. It's okay. not as terrible. Gobert has Let's the, go. yeah. Gobert has the hard immovable contract at thirty, and then like the final two years of his thing is like forty something. Whereas I think the final two years of Donovan's co- final contracts are in the thirty mil, like light thirty mil. 
and there's me like you know the matthew mcconaughey mcconaughey a meme where he's smoking on the cigarette looking at yeah. the phone that's me and i'm like uh I, because you have to also and i think you would agree with me and I'll, I'll i'll shave off two minutes of the uh cage on this one just mm. to state it we do kind of have to look at jimmy's replacement at some point yeah, as a superstar, not as a positional player because they play two different things. But you need a superstar in Miami to be. Real. I mean, they're trying to do. I mean, they're trying to win with this core right now because they only, they only have such a window in order about to two more it. years. So, yeah, okay. that, that's it. You can lead to the cage, but yes. I had to I had to throw the smackdown on Kyle Lowry. All right, I'm sorry. So, uh, let's see. Right now, uh, and then uh, baseball. Baseball is happening. Fine. The Reds are terrible. I'll get to that next week. Uh, I already talked about the mini sucks. segment. I don't care what anyone that, says. Yeah, I did a mini whatever for us, anyways, for that. And we'll, and you know, Rizzo Jizzos and and Cole mm. jobs are happening, and 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 you know that that stuff. The Rays are good as well, and the Marlins suck. So there we go. Okay, so let's head on over to the cage. All right, welcome everybody to your weekly True Plex the Cage with Charles. Full disclaimer: Wrestling is not fake; it is scripted. It is a stage fight. It is a song and song and dance. It's a synchronized song and dance, right? It, it's ballet. It's poetry and motion. It's heavy rock. It, it is you know men and women being the holy hell out of each other, trying to accomplish their legacy, trying to um, you know chase championships, and also trying to have their day of judgment and also change their hairstyle. Not a lot of stuff is happening in wrestling yet. That's going to be next week when it's a big old one. I might do a bite-sized cage this weekend because my schedule actually affords me to do so. Um, there was a pay-per-view over the weekend. That's probably what we're going to focus on a little bit. Um, let's go with the, the smaller things coming into it. Ring of Honor, still a work in progress, still trying to figure that out. Tony Khan, you'll, you'll get used to it at some point. I, I still don't know how they're going to facilitate that, when they're going to facilitate that, if they're going to get their licensing. Eight, Warner Brothers, Discover, they merge, as I told you guys, and I'm, I'm still checking the rumor mill. They, they unloaded a bunch of video game studios. Yep. Recently. Rocksteady, a bunch of, yeah, all the stuff that made all the good stuff. Well, there's also some stuff that's saying that TNT and TBS and then this merger don't want to do anything that's scripted mm. going on or doesn't want scripted television shows, which is weird because wrestling scripted, but I guess it's a form of entertainment and sports, so that's why they'll keep that niche. Because TBS needs stuff. I don't know what the hell actually you have on tbs besides like big bang uh theory like reruns baseball. out of wazoo and then uh, baseball and then american dad so the thing with wrestling is wrestling is year round so it might be a benefit but now we're getting to year three and i i want to talk about this a little bit in theory because i didn't talk about last week and I, it's not my full level thought process the way i had about peacock buying out wwe to a degree um for their renting licensing their shows but now there's more potential for AEW and this possible streaming platform for Warner Brothers Discovery, not because of the fact that people think will be best for business, because hear me out, what's best for business? That or holding pay-per-views at 50 bucks a pop and thousands of people buying it, right? You can generate money either or. But now you're getting into year three, which means you have three years worth of library of a catalog. You bought Ring of Honor, but you have to focus on AEW because obviously Tony Khan, that's his baby. And you, you you know you have to keep to the OG, baby. You have to keep to the original, man. And with that, now you have three years worth of library. Maybe you can get more platforms. Maybe you can stream out, or or you get the reduced fee because fifty bucks. I paid it once. I'm contemplating double or nothing. We're gonna have an AEW specific show either next week or the following week where we talk about it. But I still don't like doing fifty bucks. But if I do tiers of warner brothers discovery whatever they do i hope they don't redo hbo max because i'm sick of all these streaming things i'm just gonna go back to cable right um 
but if you do tiers and includes like reduced pay-per-view fees, I might be in that. I'll pay 30. 30 is fine. 50 is a stretch. 50 is a, 50 is a tank of gas. That's how real it is. So mm -hmm. if you're looking at long-term, mm -hmm. yeah, long-term, well, I get them for free. So what does it mean? Long-term survivability, uh, survival rates, maybe you have to do that. But I'm intrigued. Let's go with mm -hmm. ADW to talk about it. They're doing the Owen Hart Qualifier Cup. So a little background of it. Martha Hart um, does not like WWE for good reason. That's Owen Hart's widow. Very long story short, Owen Hart died at Over the Edge because he was coming out the blue blazer on like a harness and it fell, landed on his neck, died. They announced on the show that he died. Vince McMahon did not cancel the show. Yeah. Very drab. That. Yep. So they're like, nah. And then Tony Khan wanted to do a Owen Hart kind of like qualifier cup. And I don't know, you win the Owen, I guess. It's like saying you're winning the Oscar, but you're winning the Owen. I don't know if that gets you a future title shot. He's doing the men's and women's. They did qualifying tournaments and now they're actually doing the round robin stuff. And then they have a Joker card. And I don't have an idea of who's going to win. I know they have Jeff Hardy and Darby Allen going against each other. Um, it's not like my kind of tournament that I get excited for, like the G1 Climax over in New Japan. Because a G1 Climax usually means whoever wins gets a guaranteed shot at Wrestle Kingdom. You get a briefcase and everything like that. You winning the Owen doesn't mean much to me. And the thing is, you're not really providing um, standout wrestlers yet for me to be fully in love with. I mean, you already know what Darby Allen can do. You know what I mean? People know what Jeff Hardy can do. Jeff Hardy's in there. I actually don't even think Jeff Hardy should be part of it. Because you have to kind of figure out what pushing the new talent leads to. Ray Phoenix is good, but we kind of know what Ray Phoenix can do because he's been a tag team champion. You have Samoa Joe. We definitely know what Samoa Joe can do. The Joker is what interests me. So when they say Joker, that means it's going to be a special appearance by somebody. So is it going to be Cesaro, who was Claudio Castagnoli in Ring of Honor when his indie days? Cesaro used to be WWE. Is it going to be Johnny Gargano? <gasps> That'd be kind of cool. But I look at these lists of everybody and I'm like, because if you're doing tournaments, it has to mean something. Don't treat this like King of the Ring is done in um, and Queen of the Ring, I guess, uh, in WWE, where it's like it's a moniker, it's a gimmick, and someone wears a crown. And it feels weird. I'm gonna tell you guys why it feels weird to have an Owen Cup tournament. Owen Cup, oh, Owen Cup, Owen Hart's been dead for like 25 years, right? 20 something, not 25, but close to it. AEW has no grounds or affiliations of it, so. It doesn't feel kind of improper. That's that's as if um, I, I don't know how to say it. That's if like a random attorney just buys out my license rights as like the law firm of Charles Trujillo and friends, right? That's the best way I can kind of make it to it. You have no extensions, connection, or anything like that, but people appreciate me for being an awesome attorney, and they just want to take my likeness. It just feels improper. It just feels weird. It feels awkward. And now AEW released their little game thing, uh, the release for the games, and they're also going to include yeah. Owen Hart as a playable character. Ooh. So here's some backstory about Owen Hart. Majority of his wrestling career was in WWF, and then he did some stuff for New Japan. I think he had the Stampede or Calgary, uh, Calgary Wrestling. They do far, and I love Owen Hart. I thought I thought he was the better heart. I'm sorry, people are gonna beat me up for it. Bret Hart is great. He's the excellent execution. But I liked Owen as the a Calgary Hitman because of him. Yeah, well, you know, there you go. You know, the sharpshooter. There's a finisher. Yeah, I don't know if you know that story, uh, but the Calgary Hitman, they're a C8, they're a Canadian Hockey League team. Um, yeah. In the uh, the major juniors, and uh, mm -hmm. they're the Calgary Hitman. And guess why they're named that? For Bret Hart. Yep. Yep, I mean Brett's great. He's a, he's a he's a founder. 
yeah, look, Brent's great. I also loved Owen. Owen, just his highlights was being double time slam. This is probably I should have done a to know, you know, to learn a goof on Owen Hart. Uh, but he double slammy winner, IC champion, European champion, tag team champion. Never got the big title, but there was rumors that Vince would put him there. But it just feels weird. It feels improper. They're also doing a women's Owen Hart Foundation tournament. Tony Storm, Jamie Hayter, Kyle Rashida, Red Velvet, Ruby Soho, Britt Baker. Um, and I think there's also a wild card, like a Joker in there too. We'll talk more about it. But you need it to matter a little bit to me as opposed to, you know, just putting stuff together, put stuff together and stick it to WWE. But AEW, we'll talk more about it when Double or Nothing occurs. Impact, Impact's doing Impact things. Josh Alexander is your Impact champion. He won against Moose at Under Siege, I believe, and beat him, then defended his title against Tomohiro Ishii. We love the Stone Pitbull. Apparently, that was a great match. I'll revisit back into it. Um, that's all I'll say about Impact right now because I don't want to belabor the wrestling points if there's not much to talk about. If I can do it bite size this week, gonna be let's go. Kissimmee this this weekend. Look at that. AEW? Uh, Impact. Oh, Impact. Well, you know, if the price is right, I'll consider it because I'm closer to Kissimmee than um, sort of, I, th- I think I'm like two and a half hours away from Kissimmee. But it has to be like 20 bucks, man. 20 bucks, maybe, and I'll do it. It's not to say I. That's what it's called. Yeah, it's not to say that I don't like what they bring to the table, but I'm lazy. Um, but WWE had a pay-per-view this weekend, WrestleMania Backlash. You heard me talk about it on the last show. I was like, and you can watch it. I lied. Yeah, I watched, we saw the group chat. Yeah, I watched the first three matches because that's the stuff that I was interested in. I have not watched the other matches. I really don't have any inclination to do so. But I heard it was actually overall a very good pay-per-view which is interesting. But the matches I did watch was Cody versus Seth part two. I thought the first match was better at mania. It ended with Cody pulling the trunks on the roll up on Seth because, you know, Seth tried to cheat and Cody reversed it. That feud still continuing. It's going to go to hell and sell, which is in June. I don't need it to happen. I'm sorry, guys. I don't need that feud to continue. I know this is a reestablishment of Cody, but I feel Cody, you love me follow us on Twitter, but I feel Seth has really been the one, um, carrying the feud and really reintroducing light to people and i think cody's only been part of a couple of tag matches and a match against the miz and then theory and then seth interrupted last night the match was fine bobby lashley versus almost meh almost is kind of goofy for me because he grunts a lot so he reminds me of super shredder and secret of the use uh, if i could find tall dude seven foot four guy would just eat me up but whatever aj styles versus edge chef's kiss it wasn't like the five star i wanted but the match there was better than the first match that they had of mania because mania there's always got to be some screwy stuff and backlash is usually the epilogue to loss up the feud's continuing match was good good old school storyline telling of um aj's injured shoulder and then edge just working on that and then the match ends with priest who is part of edge's judgment day segment which is weird because judgment day used to be a wf pay-per-view so you name a stable off a pay-per-view what the hell um weird i'm I'm just saying priest is out there staring. oh that moonsault was beautiful but priest is just out there staring and then because he was barred from ringside but he was on ringside he was on the ramp and then he's like aj's like what the hell are you doing there and finn balor comes out and then attacks damian priest and then you think aj's gonna finally win because he lost that mania because priest interfered and then he's just about to beat edge and mean something and put him to the top of the level to challenge that title against Roman Reigns. But apparently that title doesn't matter anymore on raw. It's only a SmackDown title to get me started. And then someone else interfered and it turns out to be Rhea Ripley. So now the stable has edge Damian priest and Rhea Ripley and the feud's not over, but it's going to like inner, like interplay other people. 
so it can lead it to SummerSlam, where I think that's where it's going to be the coronation of AJ's final win over Edge, because Edge has been cheating to win. He's 2-0 against him now. AJ just can't win it. But then you get the SummerSlam match. I hope it doesn't go to hell and sell. you got to let, let Finn and Edge go at it a little bit, and then AJ and him go back to SummerSlam, because SummerSlam is your big four pay-per-view, because at some point, Roman's undisputed unified titles are going to be split. And I think that's how you help AJ catapult back into the main title picture to win the Raw title, whatever they call it. Because I don't think they call it back to the WWE Championship, but they might change it to the World Championship. We'll see. But Rhea in there is interesting because she had turned heel recently. Edge cut his hair, and it's a big shocker for me because I was used to Mr. Caveman. I actually have a photo of him that I use for our meme reactions in the chat where it looks like he's just like crapped himself a little bit. So that's like my shocker face. And, you know, guys are stud with short hair, man. I wish I could have hair like him. But Rhea coming back, she bleached or not bleached, but she blackened her hair. She's part of the Sable. I kind of like the Sable, too, of having, you know, both, you know, all the genders in there as opposed to just goons. It's not like – it doesn't feel like a goon squad. It feels like we're just going to F stuff up. And we don't know what their purposes are. But it was an interesting take in development. It tells a good story of how AJ actually is probably better than Edge, but just can't beat him because of interference. And it reunites AJ and Finn Balor, who in New York – or not in New York, I'm sorry, in New Japan were part of the Bullet Club, separate leaders. Finn was the OG leader and AJ was the successor leader. But I liked that component. I heard Charlotte and Ronda were good because it was an I quit match. Uh, Ronda won. Um a few other things I'm just going down on the match card here. Madcap Moss versus Happy Corbin. Moss won. Okay, whatever. I told you guys I was on a match I need to see. And then the triple threat, um, well, not the triple threat, the six-man tag team match of the bloodline of Roman Reigns, the Usos versus RK Bro and Drew McIntyre surprised me from what I read because I thought Drew McIntyre was going to pin Roman, and that's how you built the story of Drew McIntyre going against Roman Reigns finally. But apparently – Roman just spears the hell out of Riddle and wins one, two, three in a very chaotic six-man match, which is good for me because I don't think you can sell me on Drew McIntyre versus Roman Reigns in a three-month feud. I don't think you really can. Drew has really just kind of like bleh on the top babyface concept of being the major push over the major storyline, the challenge side. I do think he'll be the one who dethrones Roman at some point. How you do it, I don't know. And eventually they will split those titles too. So I don't know if you have it where Roman wrestles two matches in one night and loses both titles against separate challengers. Or maybe you have a triple threat where it's a like they did with Kurt Angle, Chris Benoit, and Chris Jericho for the IC belt and European title where it's like, okay, whoever wins the first pinfall or submission gets this title and the other one gets that title. I actually would be for that because I think that increases the drama. Um I know you built Drew, but storylines matter, guys. And what's the storyline that you can give me of Roman Reigns, the tribal chief, who has beaten Drew before, even before he was a bad guy. He's beaten Drew at WrestleMania, beat him at Survivor Series when he was a heel. Can you drag that for three months? No, you should interchange. This is usually the downtime in wrestling. So give me Shinsuke Nakamura versus Roman. They have some beat this out. One month pay-per-view, one month feud, and then you can bring back Drew because it's a long time before SummerSlam. SummerSlam's going to be July 27th, I think. And it, it might seem like it's two months, but two months is a long time. Two months is four weeks of storylines you know that you have to do for each program and that's you know not even four weeks i'm sorry i can't do math eight weeks of storylines and you're not having roman challenge or also i think that's what you should do you want to keep drew fresh have a few with bobby lashley for one month at money in the bank and then you can have him win and then go back to drew because technically he's the undisputed unifying champion so he should be on both friends defending that title as opposed to them just making it the smackdown belt right so I may watch the, the tag team match and Ronda and Charlotte. I'm going to skip some other stuff. But, oh, no, it's good that you have a pay-per-view that everybody was like, meh, really enjoying it. 
right? That was the surprise. That's the shocker. Next week, we'll talk a little bit more about Double or Nothing. That's going to be building up with the AEW pay-per-view, whether Charles should buy it or not. Um, and then maybe I'll do a bite-sized thing about more about the Owen Hart Cup tournament and how I feel that you need more longevity instead of just doing tournament brackets do tournament brackets. But really, that's all I got for you this week on The Cage. I miss Brock Lesnar. Come back, you Viking. Just go destroy people. I might eat those words if he comes back and just wins another title, but he's entertaining to me. We still love Sami Zayn. He's like Randall from Recess. We love Kevin Owens. So the Ezekiel-Kevin Owens storyline has been fantastic, and I might do a bite size, or I might do on the next week's show, but that's all I got for you this week. All right, so I think that's it. We're 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 out. We're done, folks. So see you guys next week. We'll we'll talk about maybe baseball, more hockey, more basketball, more wrestling, and yep, uh, we're, we're out. Bye bye. Good night. You suck, Kyle Lowry. <laughs>